You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on YouTube and Instagram, support through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast exploring the hidden ecosystems within the theology of Christian music through unique and uniting conversations. All right, welcome to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel. Today, I am joined by another special guest. The cool thing about this podcast is at times we have like, ooh, Ronnie Martin, he's the happy rant guy, or Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North, or Meredith Andrews. And those are the people that you see the name, there's recognition, you're like, oh, that's that's great, that's incredible. I don't know why I turned into Trump, I always do that. And then there are some people <laughs> that are just as amazing, if not more amazing, and what they're doing and what the Lord's doing in their lives and kind of like how the Lord's kind of moving them around behind the scenes. And those people, you don't necessarily see their name and go, oh, cool, wow, this is... But there's some really cool gems in this person. And these people are like Anna Smith. Now, you might know her name. Well, it's one of the most generic names actually ever. As Smith is like the most generic name. <laughs> It'd be like, so saying, like Anna Smith. Yes, I'm supposed to know who that is. That, that was my Since high school girlfriend. Like, I, yeah, exactly. But Anna Smith... <laughs> If you put a W in between, you might oh, go, oh, there it is. oh, that's Michael Selby Smith's <laughs> daughter. But her claim to fame is not that because she does some amazing things. One of the things I love about what you do is you are heavily involved with the theater in that you've also started. Didn't you start a new company, Source One Five in Franklin? Yeah, yeah. I did my research. Um, but oh, you, yeah. were, you were born and raised in Franklin, Tennessee. You've grown up immersed in a creative atmosphere. You started playing piano at age five and started songwriting age 16. Right, Taylor Swift. She is, you're the proud <laughs> member of two little girls. I have two little girls too. Finding joy and raising them to express themselves through the arts. Sorry, I'm just laughing because my, my girls are four and three and my youngest pushes my oldest when her, she's annoyed by her because my oldest oh. annoys her by saying her name too much. So, that sounds so similar. So when you're like yeah. finding joy and raising them to express themselves through the arts, I'm like, yes, and not hitting each other. Uh, yeah, play the piano. Don't hit each other. Just <laughs> paint something. That's so good. Anna is currently working on her second full-length musical, and I love that. Musical. Usually people would yeah. be like, oh, album. No, musical. Coffee House, the musical, which sounds incredibly cool, and <laughs> has recently co-written the single Christmas is Here with her dad. Uh, one, I love Christmas music, so you'll always win with me who is Michael W. Smith. And that's on his new project, uh, Christmas at Home, set to release on October 21st. So, one, I want to welcome you to the podcast. It's incredible to have you. Thank you for having me, Joel. I am happy to be here. Stop. I want to say, though, like, <laughs> was there... A, just walk me through the, the moment was... Was your dad like, hey, Anna, if you'd like, you could be on my album. Or was it like you no. guys... Or I'm imagining uh, well, him, like, sitting at the dinner table, like, gosh. like you guys are out to dinner, like, at barbecue. Hey, um... I'm working on a song you want to write. Cool, great. How about those no. Tennessee Titans? <laughs> you know what's funny about my dad is uh, he has a claim to fame in our family. Well, I don't know if I want to call that, but uh, it's his wild ideas. Whenever he says, I have a wild idea, um, be afraid. <laughs> Does he have a song called that? Because you just never that? know. He should. Uh, he says it enough. Where like he... You don't know if, like, do I need my passport for this? Like, what is this wild idea you have? Mm. So uh, he gets these creative, um, I don't even know. It's like these, like, light bulb moments. Yeah. 
that's how he operates. It's I love not that. like it's like this steady, like creative <laughs> thing. He he's like He's like he's, the Kool-Aid man busting down the wall, like, oh yeah. That's exactly what, what it is. Yeah. Once like, he gets this like download, I think it's like a download from the Holy Spirit <laughs> where he will stop at nothing to get it done. And he has this vision and he wants to break all the boxes, which I love. I love that so about funny. him. He's done that forever where he's like, no, I want to do something different. And uh, I really admire that because that's kind of how I was raised to be and, and why I feel like I can do those different things because yeah. he did them first. So uh, yeah, so he, we, I had actually written a song with, uh, with him for a project, the worship forever. Um, it's a bonus track actually on that one. And my nice. sister Whitney and I co-wrote lyrics for that. Wow. And we've actually written together. My dad has actually co-written all the songs with me for both musicals. That's like, so, so cool. we're working on this one now. So, so we've, you know, we've written together before. Um, Does your musical start so, with someone on the piano and like you walk in and it's just friends of friends. <laughs> the Lord, yes, the Lord he, he plays that role in every single show. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. No. Keep going. Keep going. So, so anyway, so long story short, he, uh, like we had written that song yeah. and it was actually for a project he's doing. Um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about this in <gasps> Italy with, um, Andrea Bocelli. He's doing this TV series. I don't know if they've actually like, but it's, but it's, it was actually written for that. So, wow. <laughs> so he had one of these like wild ideas where he's like, okay, like I need a song and I need it in three days. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well I work well under pressure. So my sister and I, I mean, we were literally at gymnastics, like with our kids like, at the back table writing lyrics. Um, so after that, he got this idea to do this Christmas EP. It was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. It started with this song called freeze the frame. Um, and it was just gonna, he was gonna cut it as a single. And then I guess he or somebody else had this idea, like, why don't you make a Christmas EP? You've never made an EP before. Um, which I think is hilarious because how many albums did he have? I was like, yes. never, never. Okay. Well, you know, back then it was all about albums. Sure. Nowadays, that's, that is it's all about singles very, very and EPs. True. Yes. And so, uh, you know, he loves Christmas. Like he, if Christmas were a human being, it would be my dad. So, Amen. Uh, I identify yeah. with that. Yeah, absolutely. And so he, I don't know, like he was like, okay, I'm going to do this EP. He got, had all these like this inspiration. And then he called me or texted me. I can't remember which, but he said, Hey, um, I need lyrics for a song and I'm going to send you the the music. And so again, it was, it was a last minute thing, which I, again, I work very well under pressure. It. So it worked out. Um, and he said, okay, listen to this music. I have like a couple ideas for the words, like what I want it to feel like. And it's like this kind of Christmas, what it feels like at home. Like, what does mm. Christmas feel like to you? And so when I heard the music, I, I heard it, I, I listened to, to it a couple times. And then I was like, okay, I want it to be like a classic Christmas song. Mm. Like it's more yeah, like the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on Open ah. Fire. That kind of like, what do I feel Chestnut when I think about Christmas? Yeah. So, so it, the opening line that I had was, um, the frost is on every window pane, you know, like that fires a glow as the night fades. And so it's like this very classic feeling uh, Christmas song. And I think I wrote it in one night. I sat in my bed and I just like powered through it. And usually it's like, I give it to him and I get feedback. And then I, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to probably write this thing five times. And he was like, I love it. Send me more. (laughs) So so it actually, it was, it was a really cool, moment to be able to send that to him and and kind of be like cool this is this is great 
And then uh, my kids actually got to sing on it uh, with all of their cousins. My parents have 17 grandchildren and we actually got them all together, all the ones that are old enough to know, you know, how to sing into a microphone. <laughs> and so it's like the little children's choir that you hear in that song is oh, all of the grandkids. Yeah, it's done. really cool. So the girls got to sing and um, so it was it was just a really, I don't know, a cool like family affair and my brother, um, my brother arranged it and That's I got so to do cool. like this live orchestra. So my dad was like sending me videos of them recording it and like these studio singers. So it's just, it ended up being a really cool moment and like i I don't really care about it being on an you know an ep or if it's going to do well the fact that i got to work with my family and like work with my dad on something that's what's so cool to me um because we're all very close and we're all best friends and we love just doing this stuff together and and anything creative that we can do together it's always amazing so and you know so, yeah. what's what's wonderful about that too, in kind of in light, or and it's not it's not in contrast with your story, but in light of kind of your story and the interesting past you have, yeah. and then even just your kind of your impression, your current feeling about the the Christian music industry. The beauty of that is that you have someone like your dad. I know everyone loves to talk about your dad, but someone like your dad <laughs> who is this who's this like yeah. absolute monster of a f- figure in Christian music. I mean, this guy is, there's a reason why we're joking about his perms and his mullets. Like he's been around that long and he's, 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 yes, he's yes. like the energizer bunny of Christian music. He keeps going. And, a great way to describe him. That's and very so he's accurate. this huge, yeah. he, uh, to a lot of people who have mm-hmm. no idea who he is, he's a massive deal. But to you, you're like, it's my dad. Like, and so the fact that yeah. <laughs> what this song to me, even more so, um, represents is the beauty yeah. of what the Lord has created in your family and like what it's like to be around yeah. your family. Now it's hard for some people because they don't have that, but around your family around Christmas time. Right. And you got to yeah, you got to absolutely. share in that in the writing of the song. So that's really cool. Yeah. But Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But here's the thing. You said you're jaded by the music industry. <laughs> Why are you I jaded? Mean, Why are you what is Well, you know, what did it do okay, to you without making people angry at me? That's fine. Um, I, I say think, things all the time. Okay. Well, great. Um, I think growing up in it, there there were some really amazing things that came with that, um, that I am so incredibly thankful for. Just even the way we were raised um, was, was pretty incredible. But I think being, um, having a front row seat to the background and to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of behind the scenes of, of what goes on. I think there are some things that um, made me question. I feel like my trust in when somebody says they are a Christian artist, you know, you can say anything and, you know, it's like, but are are you, are you? It's like you see the way people conduct themselves sometimes and you're like, gosh, I'm confused, you know, because I feel like we're raised to believe that these Christian, you know, these worship leaders and these artists are are solid, solid people. But you know what? In in reality, they're human. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can um, put them on a pedestal that they don't belong on. And I feel like this happens with pastors as well, you know, and, and we glorify which is something we are not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it puts unnecessary pressure on that person and their calling to fulfill uh, a space in somebody that, that can only be fulfilled by, by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't yeah. even notice. I'm, so my dad was a pastor. He's, he's, so I'm a PK. I was a pastor okay. at one point. And um, I, exactly. It's the same thing as being a PK. Yeah. Right? You, you see yeah. behind. Yeah, yeah. You see how the sausage is made. <laughs> 
you see yeah. the reality <laughs> of yeah. who who people are and you when you're a part of the, the church and ministry you see how some pastors are about themselves and oh, i have yes. i have very close experience with a lot of those people or you see people that may not be doing it on purpose but they're misusing their power and authority and they have no yes. idea that they're doing it in such a negative harmful way and so it's really it's really yeah. same thing with what you're talking about like artists who may be like no i'm doing this for the lord no you're not mm -hmm. you're not though well i think it's a good reminder that you know just because you have a calling on your life there is free will that comes into that um where there's god's will and free will and you have to be so incredibly careful to keep that free will inside of god's will so mm. just because god has given you a calling um doesn't mean you're covered and good forever you really do have to have personal responsibility and discipline to to stay the course and um, i think if you are called to the music industry that's a heavy calling, you know, that's, that is something that takes a lot of, of discipline and mm -hmm. a lot of uh, self-awareness yeah. that people don't realize because it's, I call it the American Idol syndrome Ooh. where people think, you know, once I get here, I'm set, you know, I made, if I get a record deal, I'm good. And because that's fulfilling my calling when in reality, your calling is the journey and mm. using the gifts God gave you. It's not where you end up. That's good. That's so, good. That's and that's just my personal what I've witnessed and and I've witnessed very genuine people and I've witnessed not so genuine people in that industry and so um yeah it it reminds you that it really does it, it takes a lot of of that free will um yeah. to be able to fulfill a calling like that. No, and that's that's you're not it's not just your opinion that's completely true because um uh, it's you can see it in many different ways. I mean, I know I read a book, one of my favorite books I've ever read is it's actually not a Christian book. I can't believe it. I know someone's going to show. Oh me. wow! <laughs> uh, it's called Atomic Habits, and uh, it's a great I heard book. That. Yeah. And what I loved okay. about it was reframing your mindset from being not about the goal but the process. Mm. And I think you're completely right. And I think a lot of Christian artists bought into the goal mindset, and even pastors yeah. buy into the goal mindset, or even worship pastors like I, that, like I was, and, and worship songwriters. With I still am. But when you're writing yeah. for the church, it's like, well, I got to get my song out there for the for the church. And then are we writing songs? Are we recording songs? Do we have a record as yeah. a church? Like it's everything's about the next yeah. goal or the next milestone and not the process. Exactly. Well, and I feel like, too, oh, this is my this is just come my on, opinion. Come on. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Anna. I think I think that when churches move from a church to a record label, that can get very, very uh, tricky. Mm -hmm. very quickly. And again, it's like the motives and the business side of it. And that's, uh, you know, I, I have church hurt too. I have, I have a problem trusting, um, Christians in general in the sense of just, I've been exposed to a lot of hypocrites. I think everybody is, but I think right. some people can, uh, I don't know, they're more exposed. And, and unfortunately I have been in that to some extent, it hasn't shaken my faith at all. It's just, it is, it has caused me to put up some walls, you know, I'm, I'm and, right there with you. I've been through yeah. church hurt too. I left ministry in a yeah. bad way. We were let go, mm. and it was not a good. It was not good on their part. I mean, we weren't great, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was really bad of how they treated us when we went out, and how we were treated afterwards. And I've my heard, wife, you know what? I've heard a few stories like that in the past few years too. Yeah. That's yeah, it's it's tough. And and here's the question: Were you with your now ex husband during that time, or were you single? And during what time? When you had the church hurt. Um, 
Oh, I had the church hurt before. Uh, yeah, before. Wow. So what, how did that happen? If you don't mind and you don't have to share it. Yeah. But then like, how no, did that no. happen? And then what, like, what was that effect? Well, you know, I think when you're in this area, you know, I live in Franklin, Tennessee. I was born and raised here. This is where, you know, my dad is, is widely known. And I think that that causes, um, it, it just makes it a little, a little harder to, mm. uh, to go to church because, yeah. you know, inevitably people are going to find out um, who you're connected to. And then you have to question people's motives. And, and, um, I love, I, I just, I am made to be friends with people. I am a very oh, extroverted person. And that just sucks if they, yeah. 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 And so I think that it, it came from some people that came to the church for maybe the wrong reason. Um, wow. and, used the, the connection or, 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 you know, things like that. And, I am the most extroverted out of my entire family. You can ask anybody. So I was the one that was more susceptible to that, of just blindly trusting. And I think I thought, well, they're in the church and they're Christian, so they're good. Um, and then I think that it, I, I got hurt because I didn't see until after it was kind of too late. Um, and then looking back and, and you know, it, it's, it's a bummer to have to go, oh, was that because of, was that a normal you know, friendship issue or relationship issue, or was it a cause of maybe I was being used or maybe, you know, they liked the connection. And I think, you know, when you know who somebody is, it's hard for that not to be a factor when yeah. you're, you know, when you get to know somebody, cause it's kind of cool and, and stuff. And so, um, I'm not saying it's all of that, but I feel like that is where some of that church hurt came from. But um, that's, that's so yeah. true. I mean, as someone who has, like I myself, I mean, you don't you don't get into counseling and psychology unless you are over over analyzing anything in your life yeah. and everything. And I'm, so I've always been introspective. But there there's always yeah. that moment, right, where you where reality hits you, and then you filter everything through that new reality. And it's one of the hardest moments because, like you said, that moment where you realized, wait, not everyone was always out for my best interest, and they wanted my yeah. connection to my dad. Okay, hold on. Well, and, and and yeah, you and you can anybody can use that of like, am I being used for something? It you know, I think it's right. applicable to everybody. But yeah, it, it's more I feel like in the forefront, in mm. in a family like mine. Um, so yeah, it makes it it makes it hard it makes it hard to have relationships and friendships. So yeah. why did you choose the theater then? Right. So like you 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 know you started playing piano young. You started yeah. songwriting young. I mean, obviously there are probably this is you probably got this like fifty times when you're younger. <laughs> are you going to sing with your dad? Are you going to be like your dad? Are you going to write are you songs? Be an like artist? Yeah, are you going to yeah. th- are you going to sing about finding your place in this world yeah. and like all that stuff? Are you going to do that? Like, sorry, I could do this all night. That's why if I ever yeah. have on the podcast, I'm just going to constantly be like, you know, I'm really, I really have been confronted with how friends do truly last forever. If God, but I just I'm still trying to find my place. All of your I'm, MWS lyrics. I just am like, what is my yeah. what is my place? You know, in this world. <laughs> In this culture, because anyway. I'm just looking for a reason, you know. From the night to find. Anna, I, you are, I love it. You're hilarious. <laughs> but, but on that note, though, right? What, so you could have went obviously one way. Yeah. What, what drew you to the theater? I'd love to hear that. Uh, yeah. Um. I think, you know, I, I feel like I like to try everything. That is how mm. I've been since I was little, especially in the creative field you know so i just wanted to try everything 
And um, it turns out I like to do a lot of different things in that world. So I paint, I do watercolors, and then I play piano, and then I write, and I write like I want to write books one day, and I want to write. Didn't you so- illustrate a book called Marriage or Carriage or something like that? No. <laughs> no, I felt like some your name. I thought I saw your name on the Illustrator. Maybe it was a different cool, name. Though. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. No, it's all good. Uh, yeah. So I feel like there's something really specific about theater that is uh, very therapeutic. Because I think it's this idea of instead of working alone, you have to work with a bunch of people to make something happen the right, right way. Right. Um, so I kind of liked that idea of like you can't really have that spotlight kid in that yeah. in that arena because it's yeah. like you have to be part of a team. Um, and I felt like that's kind of where I could trust people more. Right. Um, and I love. I've always been drawn to it. I love to act, and I love Broadway, and I think that it's incredible. You know, theater is so much more impressive to me uh, than than you know acting in movies or shows because you have to do it perfectly every single time, right? Real time, right? Yep. <laughs> and so that was always so amazing to me. These Broadway actors, especially like the Triple Threats, you're like, how do they do it? You know, and even just back in like you know the old movies, White Christmas, and everything like that, you're like, how? It's incredible. So, oh, me too. I watch it way too many times every year hey so do my so do my there's kids no such thing yeah. there's no such no, thing as watching that movie very, too much very true. <laughs> um yeah so i just got into it I, I started taking you know theater classes um when i was younger i do like theater summer camps and i just loved it and i remember being like i never really got a part because i was horrible at auditions awful <laughs> um but but even being like the maid <laughs> in a little princess you know nice. i loved it i loved it because regardless of how big your part is, it's like you Mm. you are still part of that team Mm. and you are essential to that process to make it the best that it can be. So um, just that idea of like unity and, and Mm. community, you know? And so I, you know, I love to write. I loved, I used to write movie scripts when I was like in middle school and um, it was, I would bring in like a different scene every day and be like, read my (laughs) script. And uh, you know, it was always some like thriller. (laughs) Oh, my mom was like, are you okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And here uh, I was just listening to emo music and singing songs about my ex-girlfriend. But you're over here writing thrillers. Only only one person gets murdered. It's fine. No. Are you like um, only, are you Mabel from Only Murders in the Building? Is that what you are? You know what? Sorry. Maybe I am. Maybe Sorry, I'm, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan, so that was kind uh, of what influenced oh, that writing. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Keep going. My brother Ryan and I are, are big. Uh, yeah, we he would give me like the the DVDs every year for Christmas. Um anyways, Sorry, yeah. Going. So so I just thought, you know, what if I write a musical? I had this idea. Yeah. It was actually it was actually a god thing. It was funny cuz I was trying to do a musical like an adaptation of Newsies before I even knew they were making it into a Broadway show. I was obsessed with that movie. And like, you cannot change my mind. The movie is better than the Broadway show. I will not change my mind. Uh, Christian Bale. I just, yeah. Young Christian (laughs) Bale. Enough said. Young Christian Bale. Riding a horse. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) I... (laughs) Wow. All right. If we, if if some other type of literature comes out, I have an idea what that's going to be. All right, Anna. Oh, now Christian Bale. Today, Christian Bale is not, not so great, but back then, man. Uh, so I wanted to do that. And uh, Disney, we actually got in touch somehow with Disney's legal department. They were like, well, that's weird because we're making it into a Broadway show. And I was like, well, dang it. So um, I was walking in downtown Franklin. We had this little theater, um, the Franklin Theater that was in jeopardy. You know, they mm. wanted to make it a baby gap or something like that, which just like 
my my <laughs> my history loving heart <laughs> broke at even the thought of that. So um, I was walking down the street and it was right across from there and I heard the Holy Spirit say like clear as day uh, you're going to write a musical and I was I remember like stopping in the middle of the sidewalk people thought, yeah. thought I was insane and I was like no no I'm not <laughs> you know? yeah. and then he was like it, it, I just knew what he said and that night um, I woke up every like hour or two with a different part of the story Wow. And so I would write it down on the notepad next to my bed. And uh, within 24 hours, I had an entire storyline. It became Franklin the Musical. And Stop. I actually performed it in the Franklin Theater. Stop. That's so, so cool. Yeah, with like all these little kids and stuff. So so that's kind of what started my my passion for, for writing and creating those stories. And I think that it's really tough because Broadway these days, there there's just not a lot that's new. Um, yeah. there are no fresh ideas <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of questionable content. <laughs> so that's, I what was I was, like, that's what I was laughing at. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just questionable now. It is, it is. And so, you know, I thought, well, okay, so this is, this seems to be like a creative hub in middle Tennessee, like where right. we're at. And I feel like it's sort of like kind of breaking out into this new, all the um, different areas. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the movies and, and, uh, theater and stuff like that. It's really interesting what's happening here. So I just decided to like ride the wave, you know, and so I really wanted to write another musical and it took so much out of me though, that I was like, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, it was just last year, actually, I got, um, I started on, on coffee house, the musical. I love coffee. Like it's, Same. it is known. Yes. And I love coffee shops. So Same. it was actually, I worked at Barnes Noble cafe for a little bit and Stop. there was this, there was, yeah, there was a little guy. Oh, he's precious. He's still like, he wanders around downtown Franklin. His name is Tom. And he was like, you need to write a musical about a coffee shop. Cause he always saw me sitting there like writing something on my computer. And I was like, oh, okay, that would be kind of cool. You know, yeah. and it wasn't until about four or five years later that I was like, man, maybe I should. Cause you know what? There's actually no Broadway show about a coffee shop. There isn't. That, I was about nope. to say, I don't, can't think of Which any is musical crazy. I've ever heard. I think that's, that's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, so I just decided to kind of explore that idea. And at the same time, I was, um, kind of going through getting out of the, the woods of this really tough, uh, few years that I had gone through. And I wanted to be able to tell my story, but I also have children and, you know, the person who I would talk about is still is still around. And so I wanted to be really sensitive to that. So I thought, what is a creative way that I could um, that I could tell my story? So I actually put my story into this musical. So the main uh, character, Nora, is kind of me in, in the show. And it basically took all the lessons that I've learned through uh, through everything I went through. And I had her learn them in a little bit different way um, so that I could share what I, you know, what I had taken from that. And so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the, it didn't really give you a premise, but, um, but it's, it's sort of hope after heartbreak. And what do you, yeah. what do you do when your life is completely shattered and it's not like what you thought it was going to look like? Um, what next, you know, yeah. and, and how do you get to the other side of that? Wow. And so, uh, so it's all in this little coffee shop called the coffee house. And it, so all it, it all happens in that one. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is, uh, 
I, I find that that's my therapy in writing as well. It's like I'm, I'm writing it into just, just the same as I got therapy as a child, yeah. you know, trying to find, find my place, my place in this world. Um, <laughs> yes, full circle. <laughs> um, I also find therapy in writing and in, in, in creating, <laughs> creating right. musicals. So, so yeah, that was probably way, way too long of a, of a no. response, but Sorry. yeah. And the, and during that moment, my, 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 like, the, so you said, you know, hopefully your kids don't fight. My yeah, oh thing God. is my daughter, my youngest daughter, oftentimes will just like sit up because she has a bad dream. And it's just like, oh yeah. if I tell her to go back to sleep, she starts crying a little bit. And then if it wakes up Lucy, cause they share a room, oh, no. if she yeah. doesn't get sleep, she is cranky in the day. <laughs> and it's just this whole thing. So the whole time you're saying this beautiful thing, I'm like, man, I'm like, go to sleep. You're fine. Ah, like, oh, just be quiet. <laughs> Gosh, well, you can watch. Kids. You can watch it back. You didn't. You know. You can. Uh, no, I. But I, what I loved, you actually went where I wanted you to go because I had a question. I know we're getting close yeah. to the paywall, but my question was like, how much did you use, or have used, art, to kind of like work through things? Because when you first talked about like how you went towards, um, towards the theater, my first yeah. thought was, is this just the counselor in me? Yeah. <laughs> did she go? Did she go towards theater? Because one, it's different than what everything else her family was doing or dad's known for. And two, like you can be whoever you want. You don't have to be known as Anna W. Smith, right? You you can be. <laughs> I think only a you maid. know me as that. Yeah. Right. But like you could be anyone. Like in and on yeah. the stage in theater, you're not Anna Smith. Yeah. You're not that person. You're you're whatever. Yeah. Rather, but like as as a songwriter or doing music, you're you're always going to be known. As this, mm -hmm. but this, you know, so that's where my mind went. And then when you started saying like, yeah, and I kind of, it was therapeutic and it was cathartic and it was, it helped me kind of work through things yeah. like that totally makes sense because you're like one, you're in the second musical, you're writing out all this stuff that you've gone through. Yeah. And so you're getting this. Which is way more painful than I expected, by the way, it pulled up a lot of stuff in me that I probably needed to deal with anyway. But yeah, we didn't expect it to be this, this difficult oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, I, so girl, yeah. I have... <laughs> I have journaled every day since high school and during oh, that season with the church hurt with the church mm. hurt I have two journals and this is this is my not dealing with it completely uh there have <laughs> there were two journals I was writing so this yeah. is the this is the year I have taped oh, them wow. shut because oh. I am I'm not ready to read the things that I wrote during that time I can totally um, understand that yeah exactly like I know you totally yeah. That's me. And, <laughs> and I think it's healthy, though. And I think I, I write, yeah. you know, I wrote, we, my bandmate and I, we released an album and we wrote some, we wrote a couple songs and I wrote one from that time called This Is Not The End. And just all mm. about like how, because we were writing from Romans and it was kind of that idea that in the end, nothing, it's yeah. never the end in Romans, whether it's the wrath of God, then there's the justification and Christ redeeming yeah. us through and then sanctification. But there's always something else. There's never, it's not the end. There's still more that either we're getting or going to get or be with the Lord with. And so there's, and then yeah. it also speaks to how like, no matter how bad your season is, technically it's not the end. Um, yeah. But that was helpful for me in that moment, much like you're saying, yeah. you're writing this musical about this coffee shop. So uh, I think that's, which, yeah. so when, when can people partake in viewing You this? know, I'm on the fourth draft of the script at the moment and we're in the process of writing and so we're about to do kind of a workshop like in the next few months we'll do another table read and like have some songs that are uh that are ready to kind of share is there uh, a character of your ex-husband 
yes. Who has who has the terrible <laughs> time you know to play so that person? Because when we did the table read, my good friend Laura read for Nora uh, the, the lead. I listened. I was just because I'm in the writer's chair yeah. uh, during that, and uh, her husband Nate read for John, who's that character. Ugh. And he's such, Nate is such a sweet, sweet person that he was reading this character. And I kept looking over at him like, I'm like, I'm scared of you right now. Yeah, like, how yeah. do you know how to be a jerk like that? Oh my gosh. So I was like, can I cast you? Like, I would, I would cast you Yeah, what are, uh, in that I, role. I would be so uncomfortable singing any of those songs if they were oh, like it's, abusive and mean. You know what? And it's more the dialogue in those scenes than anything. Oh. It is, it is. You know, it's interesting because I kind of, I wrote some of the things that were said to my face word for word in there. Which Um, we're going to talk about behind the paywall. You're going to walk me through stuff if you're okay, (laughs) what happened and the trauma you've experienced from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but anyway, anyway, let's, let's, let's let's save that. Let's save that because that is. Okay. 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 So there's some heavy stuff. So Uh, when do you think it will be out for people to partake in that? You know what? I think we're going to try to get social media up and running um, after this next table read. So like after Christmas, I would say there would be some uh, some just promotional material yeah. being released. And then, I mean, my dream would be to, uh, to have it kind of, we're going to start it here. We're going to do the first run here just on a smaller scale um, in the next like year and a half, I would say, like year. That's so I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being ambitious. We'll say a year. Um, and I, I, cause I just, I feel like the momentum is there. I keep hitting walls cause actually like dealing with trauma, it's stuff has come up for me that I've had to pause, um, yeah. which is really interesting. Cause I think it's, it's kind of in the nature of, of what I'm writing. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think that we have an incredible team of people that have, uh, gotten on board with it. So that are really passionate about, about the story and wanting to tell it to the world. And so, um, so I think that wow. if we can kind of keep, keep going, um, we should we should be able to to at least have the first run on a small scale in the next year. Uh, I'm actually hoping to play Nora for for a run, so I don't know when that will happen. But so I'll actually get mm. to be in it. Yeah, so it's pretty. That oh, will be challenging. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. But, so but and then also Christmas is here comes out October 21st, which will probably be yeah, before right? this podcast comes out. So it's out. Go listen to it. It's out. Stream yes. it. <laughs> uh, and, and then obviously, yeah. do you, is there any place you want people to find you and follow you and your stuff? Or are you just kind of like, leave me alone? <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I think everything I have is just completely private and shut down. So, uh, you know, when I get, when I get the, the coffee house, the musical stuff up and running, uh, people can follow that. Um, yeah. And, and I think if you even just Google it, you know, coffee house, the musical, yeah. it should pop up once we have things, things going. Beautiful. So, All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. So we are going to keep talking, everyone. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation, Theology of Music, wait, uh, buymeacoffee.com slash Theology of Music. <laughs> Sign up for whatever membership. You get access to all the full video. So you get to see her in her beautiful Christmas sweater. Uh, <laughs> and and you get to hear our conversation at, at full length. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great Lord's Day to worship together corporately. And as well to you, Anna. And we're going to keep talking. So see you later, awesome. everyone.